Right. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, when did I get back? So, I've been not been here for, I don't know. I don't know how long it's been now. It's been, it's been a while that I haven't been here. And I started coming back here. Uh, my boss decided to rechange my rotor so I can come back again, uh, which is brilliant. I've been waiting for that for ages. Uh, I think, what was it, like a few weeks ago or something? And literally, like, uh, I told uh, David the good news in the, the foyer. I was like, hi, I'm back. You know, and he was like, oh, great. When can you preach? I was like, uh, no, I don't know about that. I was like, you know, I could do with a bit of a rest first, you know. I, I don't know. Um, so, so here we are. And then I decide... I was like, well, I'll, I'll see what I can think of. I'll see if, if anything comes to me. If, if it does, fine. If not, then probably not. I don't know. And, uh, and I kept thinking of the Gospel of Mark. And trust me to pick something that's going to be a series. So, um, so yeah, with that, let's get into it. So I'm going to start talking about the Gospel of Mark. And uh, it's, it's a great little gospel. Um, uh, it is the shortest gospel. It's the quickest gospel. It is the first gospel account written. It's written by a man called Mark, uh, as the uh, earliest um, traditions say. Uh, he was a, it was John Mark. He was a follower of uh, St. Peter. Um, he actually, most people believe, or the earliest account says that Mark wrote down the words of Peter before he died. So this is actually, uh, Mark's book is a, um, a testimony of Peter's, really. So it's all to do with Peter's account and and uh, Peter being one of the closest of the disciples. And, um, and, and Mark, Mark, Mark's interesting. So Mark usually gets, I don't, I don't know, he usually gets kind of skipped. I mean, like, you know, the, the, the other three Gospels, you've got, like, you've got Matthew, and he's all about, yeah, let's you know, bring out the, the Old Testament, and let's talk about you know, the, the scriptures and stuff like that. And then Luke's like, yeah, and this, right, this mass historical account. And, uh, and then John's like, you know, ignore all that. I'm, I'm just going to go right in deep the philosophical, the theological side of everything. And, and so Mark often kind of gets like, oh, that's, that's quite basic. We don't need Mark. You know, but, but Mark was the first one to write. And, um, and actually, Matthew and Luke base their entire accounts on Mark's account. Okay? Uh, they, they, they thought it was so worthy of, well, basically, they, they just wanted to expand upon it. They was like, that's, that's brilliant. That's it. You know, and they took it and they expanded upon it. Um, now, Mark is great. Mark is really great. It's a very, very cool little book. And, and it, it's cool because of, of, a certain, of certain few things that he does, right? He's ordered it incredibly well. It's, it's very interesting. So, so, so Mark, Mark is the only one with a title for his book, okay? He's the only one with a title. Um, and, and, and a great thing about titles is it tells you about the story before you even before you even read it, right? For, mainly for those who already know the story, right? So if I said to you guys, like, Despicable Me? Everyone know Despicable Me? Yeah? No? Yeah? Yeah? Well, what, what do you think of? You probably think of, like, the characters, right? Groom, minions, that sort of thing. You probably, if you really know it, the story plots and blah, blah, blah. But you, you instantly know the plot and what happens and blah, blah, blah. Same with just about anything. If I said Gladiator, for those who've watched the film Gladiator, you probably already know the plot line. Um, if I go into books, uh, Pride and Prejudice, everyone studied that one. I had to study that in school. You know, uh, you probably know the plot line and, and stuff like that. And so it tells, you, it tells you the plot line before you start. And, and most titles are supposed to be quite catchy, right? I mean, we get, like, news headlines all the time, right, that are supposed to catch our attention. We only read the ones that really... I, I, I don't really read papers anymore. I just kind of scan on my little phone. If, if a headline catches me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that. 
you know, and, and then you've got obviously ads, internet ads that you're not supposed to click on, no matter how catchy the title is, right? I'm just warning you guys, okay? So, um, but yeah, um, I, I remember, I remember where there's a certain film, and it's, it's called Edge of Tomorrow. Everyone know Edge of Tomorrow? Anyone know Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. It's, 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 it's a great film, but, but I didn't think that was the title because of the way it was, it was advertised. It was actually advertised uh, in big capital uh, letters, live, die, repeat. I thought, that sounds interesting. You know, I didn't know it was called Edge of Tomorrow. It was like scribbled somewhere in the corner, which is really silly. Uh, but, but, you know, um, and, and that's what I thought it was called. I thought, live, die, repeat. That sounds interesting. So I watched the trailer and watched the movie, and I was, it's a great little movie. Um, but I just thought, that's really interesting. It's really catchy. And, um, and that's important to have a catchy title. So, so Mark, Mark's title is this. So he doesn't call his gospel Mark. You know, that's added later. This is, this is what he calls the gospel. This is it, the title. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus the Christ, the Son of God. That's it. That's his title. Now, I don't know what you think of that. I don't know how catchy you think that is. You might think, yeah, that's really catchy. You might be like, oh, I kind of, kind of know this. And we kind of roughly know this story. And I, I think that's the, that's the thing with a 21st century sort of um, modern idea. It's just like, oh, we've, we've heard this story. You know, we've, we go to church. We know this. You know, it's, it's about Jesus. He goes on a cross and gets raised from the dead and stuff. You know, and, you know, and it, 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 is it catchy? Like, well, back then, this would be scandalous in just about every single way. And uh, for anyone reading, whether they're Roman or Jew, uh, they would be caught off guard immediately. And they'll probably do one of two things. They'll either pick it up and read it, or they'll burn it. And, uh, and it's because this story is so, so crazy, right? Now, the thing about this title is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, right? So, so this whole story, so a lot of people think, oh, yeah, it's, it's the beginning of the account, like in the beginning, or like, uh, once upon a time, there was blah, blah, blah. And, and it, it's not that. This is the title of the whole book. Every part of this that you read is just the beginning, okay? This is just the beginning. And it's the beginning of the gospel. What earth is that? Okay, so gospel. So it's a word, we're used to it. Uh, most of us probably think like, oh yeah, gospel, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or, or gospel, it's about Jesus raising and dying. Uh, but but what, what does that mean? What is that word? So, so I, w- I want to look at that. So, so the word gospel, okay, is from a Greek word. Um, and the Greek word basically means good news. That's, that's basically what it is. And, um, and it's to do with one of two things back then, okay? When, when you heard the word, Zephangelion, when you heard the word, it, it would spark to mind two things, right? Just, just like you say any word, it will spark to mind stuff, right? The first thing it would spark to mind is battle, okay? On a battlefield, where, you know, there's two or three or however many opponents, right? And at the end, the victor, there would be someone who run all the way back to their king or whoever and say, Evangelion, good news, right? We've won, right? We can, we can press on now. We've, we've conquered something. We, we're going forward. Okay, we're the victors. Obviously, not so much the opposing side. They, they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, tough. But, like, you know, it's like, yeah, we've won. We've done this, okay? So, 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 so the word is to do with winning victory battles, okay? Um, the second way is to do with uh, Herodian cult. 
uh, or the, no, the Caesarean cult, sorry. So, so the Caesarean cult is, you know Caesar, right? There's actually a few of them. Um, <laughs> Julius and, um, and Augustus being the most famous ones, Augustus being the emperor. And, um, and uh, when Augustus came into power, he, um, I mean, both him and Julius were men of the people, but they, they were, uh, they, they, they took their coins and stuff and they, and they made them, I can't remember what the, the Roman inscription is on it, but it basically means son of God. Okay, and they, they viewed themselves as deities, in a way. Right? Like, like a lot of kings, actually, back in ancient times. But they, they took that title for themselves. And, um, and uh, that's important. Um, so, because, like, uh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, so, so, so it's gospel, it's good news. So, so, so when, when it's used in, in that sense, the gospel of the, of the Herodian cult, it's basically this talk of good news of a rise of a king, a coming to power, a birth of an heir. Okay, so, 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 so it's, and, and, and that's basically what it's to do with. It's like, oh, a new, a new king has been born in, in Caesar's line, and, and they're going to give us... And, and to be fair, the Caesars were good to the people, right? They, they, um, uh, they, were, they were highly praised as people who, who you know, um, who brought a lot of peace, a lot of security to mainly their people, of course, not the people they oppressed. But they, they brought a lot of stability, a lot of peace, um, uh, a lot of... Um, just stuff to make life easier. They, 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 were, like, they were very for their people. They, they helped the, the soldiers and stuff to, to retire and stuff, you know, uh, good wages, etc. All, all the things you expect modern day, right? Uh, good work, good wages, good whatever, right? And, 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 and they, they brought this sort of, this, this, this peace and prosperity with them. And so, so it was good news when one of them was elected to power because it benefited the people, okay? And that's, and that's, that's the word, Okay? So, so when, when Mark is saying this, he's saying, look, this is, this is the beginning of the victory and the rise to power of Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. Okay? And, and then the next thing Mark does, the next time he uses this word, is Jesus. It's like the first words Jesus says. If you skip all the heads from uh, Mark 1, 1 to Mark 1, uh, 14, 15, he says, uh, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the good news of God, the, the victory of God. And he says, he says this, he says, this is it. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. What's the good news? Well, the good news is what he just said. The good news is that the time is finally here and the kingdom of God has come. Okay? So from these two verses, we've, we've got, well, what is this? What is this good news? What is this victory? What is all this? So, so it's, it's to do with, with, with two different things. It's to do with... It's to do with something to do with Jesus being the Christ, and it has something to do with uh, the kingdom of God finally arriving. Okay. And so, and so the next question is, well, what are they? You know, what, what does it mean for Jesus to be Christ? Well, what is it that, that God's kingdom is here? So we'll look at them quickly. So, so Christ. What does what does that word mean? What, what is that? Okay. So, so uh, unfortunately, in our modern day society, it's been watered down to pretty much a swear word, which is very, very unfortunate uh, and very sad. But, you know, uh, Christ is, is, to be fair, it's, it's, it's an interesting term even for the Greeks and the Romans, because even they were a bit like, we've heard of it, we've only really associated it with the G- this Jesus guy, we don't really know what it means. Whereas, whereas this word, it, it technically means anointed one, okay? And, it, and it's a word that the Jews used to replace, in the Greek, um, for their word, which was Messiah, Okay, so it's the same word, Messiah, Christ. 
And, and the Messiah, it's, it's, it's got this a lot of rich detail to it. So it speaks, so it, it, in the Old Testament, it keeps speaking of this Messiah who's going to come. And, 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 and basically the word means, it means anointed one in, in terms of anointed to be king, anointed to be priest, and much more than that, to do the acts of deliverance. He's, the Messiah is supposed to be a liberator for Israel. Okay, that's, that's what the word is. And, and there were plenty of liberators in the Old Testament, right? So you had people like Joshua, right, who, who marched in and, and took the land of Canaan. You had the, uh, you had the, the, the liberator Moses who, who helped liberate the people from Egypt, right? You had people like David who fought the battles and protected Israel. You have people like even Samson and Gideon with all their faults. Um, you know, they, they helped liberate um, the, the people time and time again, you know. And there, there are lots of different people who are liberators, and most of them have one thing in common. It's, it's a sword, it's an army, and it's, it's marching in to take, take the victory, right? Um, and they use a lot of might, a lot of power. And, and the aim to do that is to establish a kingdom, right? What's a kingdom? A kingdom is a place where you have peace, security. It's a place where, you know, you take out one lot in order to establish another lot, and then you protect that. And, and for the people, it's, it's supposed to be a good kingdom, of course. There are bad kingdoms, but a good kingdom is one that's supposed to establish peace, security, um, and, and, and one that protects its borders. So whatever's trying to war against you from outside, they war against that to secure the peace that's inside. Okay? So that's, that's the two things, liberator to, to liberate people and to establish a kingdom, okay? And so, and so this is what's on, this, this, this is what's being drawn out. This is what people are reading and thinking immediately. These guys just, you know, know that straight away. So what is Mark saying? So Mark is saying this is the beginning of that, okay? And, and Jesus has said, finally, the time has come. It's finally happening, the beginning of the gospel of, that is the good news, the victory of Jesus, the liberator, the son of God. Son of God, again, being related to Augustus, which basically just means king. So again, just retranslating that, the beginning of the victory or the rise to power of Jesus, the liberator, the king. Okay? So that's quite rich. Okay? And, and, and Mark is saying it's finally here. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. And then straight away, he kind of says, straight after he says at the beginning, he says, he says, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. And then he gives like a quote, right? And he's like, and that's like, okay, so, so where are we starting from here? Well, we, we're starting from something that happened in the Old Testament, okay? And, 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 and the point of that is because this, this beginning is something to do with something else. It's a, this beginning is a continuation of another story altogether, right? This is, this is the start of something that was promised beforehand. So what was promised beforehand? You know, what, what, what are these, you know, this is part of the Jewish scriptures. What, what are they expecting? What, what are they personally thinking is going to happen? And to discover that, we need to go back into the Old Testament to discover the rest of the story. Now, I, I, I love this. I think, I think a lot of, um, I'm not saying everyone, but a, a lot of people, especially like, uh, you know, you become a Christian, you, you, you stick with the New Testament a lot of the times. Not everyone does, but a lot of the times, I think we know our New Testament quite well. Um, and, and, and some of us might know the Old Testament. Everyone read through the Old Testament? I mean, everyone know? Everyone get the general idea of it? I mean, it's pretty complex, in all fairness. It's got a lot of literary ideas, right? So you've got, like, narratives, you've got, like, poetry, you've got genealogies, you've got, um, 
lots of other crazy like like prophecy stuff and whatever, and then you've got lots of stuff that you kind of look at and you're like, I don't know if I really want to read this right now. It's a bit heavy. You know, I don't know if I want to read 5,000 names in one day, you know, or something, you know. And, but, but it's very important. It tells one big uh, overarching story. And, uh, and, and, it's, and it's a theme that goes on. And it's a, there's a repeated theme in the Old Testament that's very, very integral to, to their expectations, and the theme is, and I wish I had like a little board to draw on or whatever, but, but I, I don't. So, 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 so there's a theme of the whole Old Testament. The whole Old Testament story is categorized like this. Blessing, rebellion, exile, repeat. Yeah? Blessing, rebellion, exile, repeat. Okay, or return is another, is another way of saying it. So let's look at that. So, so let's go through. So we're going to go through the whole of the Old Testament. Stay awake. It's all right. Are you, are you all with me? Are you okay? Are you all are good? Yeah? We're good? Good. Anyone want to recap anything I just say? Anyone? No? 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 Okay. That would be great, wouldn't it? David, go on. Stand up. Tell me. It's five minutes. Go, you know. I like that. Cheers. I appreciate that. He gets me. Right, cool. So, blessing, rebellion, exile, return, or repeat. So, the blessing starts off, right? How's the story of the Bible start off? Genesis, right? Creation of the world. God creates, from, from this chaotic water, he creates this mass ordered creation that is teeming with life and vitality, with goodness, uh, with abundance, um, with everything we ever need. I mean, it's, it's a lot better than Mars, right? So, so he, he's made this perfect world for us, right? And yeah, I know this, this world at the moment looks pretty messed up, but actually, you know, it wasn't that way to start with. And God makes this perfect world, no death, no disease, perfect, like, security, uh, peace, uh, everything, and he, and he places us in it, and, and, and he hasn't even completely finished it yet, he places us in the garden, he's like, let's keep going, now I want you guys to work with me, I want to bless you guys, I want you guys to work alongside me to complete, uh, to continue to build on what, we've start, what I've started, right, you're above everything else apart from me, you know, I'm your, I'm your God, I'm your leader, but you're like middle management, right? And so we're just, we're just going to go, and, and we're going we're to do this, and it's going to be great, right? And, and Adam and Eve are like, super, let's do it, you know? Uh, and, 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 and that's great. And you know what? It would be brilliant if, if we only lived in the first two chapters of the Bible. That would be amazing, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, there's a third chapter and, and all the problems thereafter. And, uh, and, and in you learn a story, uh, they are, they're tempted, like most mid-level management, to take on stuff for themselves and not listen to their bosses. And, and they, they decide to be like, well, I don't want to be like God anymore, I want to be God, right? And I'm going to make the decisions. So they rebel. They rebel. They, they seize autonomy for themselves. They govern themselves. They are God. And God meets them with a curse, which is exile. He exiles them. It's like... That's, that's not how this works. Okay? And so they're exiled out of the garden to the east. And during that exile, it is terrible. Right? 
things get worse and worse. Well, what started as a seize for power becomes murder and jealousy, adultery, um, uh, lots of different things, right? Uh, and this, this spirals into a mass flood, uh, which doesn't even sort out the problem, right? Because Noah and all that are still crooked and, and, and just, yeah, they're just messed up. And, 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 and this just keeps going until you hit the first major problem in the Bible, which is Babylon. And Babylon is one of the worst cities to ever emerge, right? Throughout the rest of the Bible, you will see Babylon come up and rear its ugly head. And it's always seeking to, to put man above anything else. It's always seeking, like, I, I'm, I'm the one in control, not God, right? And that's where we have the Tower of Babel, right? It's the Tower of Babylon, right? And, and, so, and so, so what happens? Does God leave us here? No. He rescues one man from Babylon, Abraham. Right, or Abram. I don't know if many of you are aware. He was a Babylonian before. It's very interesting. Anyway, so he rescues this man, Abram. And he says, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your people. You, you can't even have babies, right? You, 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 know, you, you and your wife, you, you can't conceive. You know, I'm going to bless you guys. I'm going to make you into a nation. I'm going to bless you. And I'm going to take you out of Babylon. And I'm going to take you into my land, Canaan. It's my land. I'm going to give it to you. Right? And so he brings... The theme again, blessing. Okay, so, so Abraham goes up and he goes into, he goes into um, Canaan. And he's pretty much a sojourner or a wanderer there, right? But you, you soon realize it's not because Abraham's a great guy. I mean, he, he trusts God. I think that's something we should all take away. You don't have to be perfect. You have to trust God. Okay? And, and Abraham trusted God, but you see he, his, him and his family are an utter mess. Okay, uh, you see again stuff filled by um, you have favoritism from fathers and mothers to children. You have uh, jealousy. You have murder. You have hatred. You got you got it all. I mean, their, their family is a, is a mess. Okay, it ain't perfect by any means. And so God exiles them again. Okay, they're exiled to Egypt. Okay, again, four hundred years in Egypt, they're enslaved. They're oppressed by a disgusting king. Okay. And, and shortly after that, he raises up. So, so we're back in exile. We're back in the curse. And then God raises someone else up, Moses. Okay? We're going to repeat things again. Well, we're going to return. Okay? Take Moses out. Moses rescues the people, obviously God's power, and, and takes them out, takes them through the wilderness, despite all their rubbish and all of that, and they brings them to Canaan, back to Canaan. This is the land of blessing again. But just as soon as they hit Canaan... They send the spies out, right? Send spies out, and, and these guys come back, and, 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 and this is always the thing with rebellion. It's like, it's, do I trust God, or do I trust myself, right? Do, do, I, do I let God be the one who determines what is right, and what is good, and what will happen, or will I take autonomy and, and do things my way? And, and these spies do exactly that. They do exactly what Adam and Eve have done, and all of that. They go, we can't take this place. God's lying to us. We're never having it. And God says, right, exile, Go. All of you. Just no one wanted to go in. So we got that theme again. We're exiled. And they go into the wilderness for 40 years. Right? And through that time, God allows one generation to die out and allows another generation to, to rise up. Okay? And this time we go back again to the promised land. So we're returning back. And just before they enter, he says, look, guys, <laughs> look, you've got to trust me. All right? I mean, um, you can either have blessing and, and trust me, but if you, if you choose for yourself when you go back into this land, autonomy all over again, you'll just be under a curse again, and you're just going to go into exile. 
Okay, that, that's, that's the deal. That's what's happening. So what are you going to do? I want you to choose life. I want you to choose blessing. Please choose it, <laughs> you know? And, and they go into the land. They cross the Jordan. And uh, you might know some of the stories. You've got Joshua and you've got the judges and all this. And it's, it's just, again, a, a massive failure. Everyone is corrupt in some way, shape, or form. There are peaks. There are good points. Right? And you know, David comes in, and there's like a peak there, but, but most of it is a spiral downwards until they are utterly obliterated. Um, God decides once again to exile them uh, for their evil, and he brings in a few nations. He brings in Assyria to wipe out Israel, to do a lot of damage to Jerusalem, and eventually, when the Assyrians weaken, he sends Babylon to destroy Assyria and to destroy uh, Jerusalem and carry off people. And again, it's a state. And again, people are waiting for a return. Okay? And finally, God raises up Persia. Babylon grew weak. There was internal struggles. Persia rose up. Persia destroyed Babylon. It was, it was one of the massive, it was again, another massive um, civilization. And they, they took the, uh, the people from, uh, um, that were exiled from Jerusalem. And they said, you know what? Return to your land. I want you guys, yeah, this is King uh, Cyrus. He says, he says to him, look, you guys, I, 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 the Lord has instructed me. That's interesting. This is a foreigner. The Lord has instructed me to, to, to tell you to go back and build your temple. You know, and, and all of you who want to go, please go. You know? and, and then what happens next is, 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 is odd. Because they do return. Uh, the book says, Renehemiah. They do return. And they build their temple. Something's dramatically wrong with the picture. So much so that the priests all just cry and are in tears. And it's the fact that it wasn't the same. Because when they built their temple, they're expecting God to come back. Now, previously, you've got two temples. You've got uh, the first temple built by Solomon. And you've got like a, a mobile temple called the Tabernacle, right? And both of these... You had God come in full and utter power, fire and smoke, and he would reside right inside with like this light and smoke like beaming up sort of thing. Everyone knew their God was with them. But it didn't happen this time. God didn't, God didn't come down into the temple. It was just empty. And they were distraught. God, God hasn't returned. So what does this mean? Are we still, we're in our homeland, but are we still exiled? I don't get it. And, and it's so devastating that um, two chronicles is where um, two chronicles it, it talks about. But our Bibles right ends in Malachi, yeah, the Old Testament. You usually got Malachi just before Matthew. It's different in, in the Jewish order of the books before Christians came in and decided to rearrange everything. Um, the Jewish order is it ends in two chronicles or just chronicles. They don't they merged one and two. They ends in chronicles, and the end of chronicles is the decree from from from. Um, from Cyrus in Persia. And he says, go up. God wants me to tell you to restore your temple. Go back, all of you who want to go, and, and then it just cuts out mid-sentence. All right? The next part you'll find is in Ezra and Nehemiah. It continues the sentence, but they dislocated it and put it somewhere else. And the reason they did that is because the author really believed that whatever happened when we returned, that's not what we were expecting. That isn't it. There is something else that we're waiting for, and, 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 and we've yet to have it. And so straight after that, like, cut-off sentence, you've just got 400 years of pure silence from God. God doesn't speak, uh, which is, again, a devastating time for them. Um, 
uh, very interesting. So, 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 so God doesn't speak to him. They're like, what's going on? Now, throughout all of this, all this narrative, all this, 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 this loop that's going on, blessing, rebellion, exile, return, there are highlights and there are promises made at every point about a, a someone to come who's going to change everything. Straight back to Eden, you have someone who's going to not listen to the snake at all, but instead crush him, and at the same time be crushed by the snake, uh, which is a very odd prophecy. And then, and, then, and, then, and then later you've got Abraham, and he promises Abraham, you're going to have an offspring who's going to bless everyone in the world. Okay? Obviously none of his actual offspring ever really did that. So they're expecting, well, this guy didn't emerge yet, we're waiting for this guy. Right? So there's this offspring we're waiting for. There's this, there's this, there's this person we're waiting for. And Moses was promised that you know, another prophet like you will rise up and he will lead Israel into, into safety. And he will liberate Israel once again, just like you. And so they're waiting for that guy. They're, they're, um, and then you've got all the prophets, right? All the prophets are saying, look, we're, we're waiting for this guy who we call Messiah. And he is going to come and he is gonna, his reign will be like King David's and he's going to reign forever, right? And he's going to bring total security, total peace. Uh, all the nations will serve him. You know, everything will be okay again. There'll be peace. Lions will be lying down with lambs, etc., etc. right? The general idea is everything is totally safe and there'll be no more death and everything will be all right. And that's what they're waiting for. This is, this is Messiah we're waiting for. And so that's where Mark picks up. He's like, guys, that hope that we have for this guy to restore everything. And, and you've got to remember Mark's day and age, right? So, so, so straight after the, the, the Persian thing and, and, they, and they built their temple, right, Greece sweeps in and, uh, and, and, and the Greeks dominate everything. And then they have a horrible time with that. And then, and then straight after that, you've got the Romans who then come in and set their mark, right? And, and things were okay at first, but then they just got a bit, yeah, not good. And, and so these guys are being, they're in a state of oppression and they've got someone over them. They can't have their own king. There's a lot they can't do, you know. Um, and instead, what, instead of having their own king, they get a king from Eden uh, that uh, the, the Rome sets up called Herod. And he's just a puppet king and he loves all things to do with, with Rome. And he's, he's just, you know, he's one of those guys. And, and he's, he's, it's, it's just a mess and, and they don't like any of this. And, and they're like, when is, when's Messiah going to come? When's Messiah going to rescue us? And, and Mark says, it started. It's here. It's finally here. Messiah has come and God has brought his kingdom. It's finally here. All right? And this is what Mark's story is about. And Mark's story is so interesting. And he, he has something, it's, very, it's a very interesting thing, something called the messianic secret. It's only in Mark. It's very interesting. This, this, so, so Mark portrays Jesus, right? He's straight away in his title. Jesus is this liberator. Jesus is the king. Jesus, this is the guy who's bringing the good news, right? And, and, and he's the one setting up a kingdom. And, and, then, and then he goes through the account. And, and you see Jesus doing amazing things, right? He starts to do things that people haven't seen before 100 years. You know, he's going, he's going around healing people. And, 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 not, and, not, and not in the ways that some other people have done it. In, in just, just the word of his mouth, you know? He's, he's, just, he's just setting people free, and, he, and, he's, and he's bringing goodness and, and all of this, right? And it's like, this guy, it's like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? You know? And, 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 and it's interesting. Every single good, he goes, shh, don't tell. Go. Most people don't listen to him. They go off planning. But, but that's, that's another thing. But, but he tells everyone to be quiet. Why, Jesus? Why are you telling everyone to be quiet? 
And it's because of preconceptions. For Jesus to be Messiah meant something totally different to him what it meant to them. And he didn't want them to misunderstand. Okay. In fact, straight in the middle, as soon as you get to the middle of Mark, he has this encounter with his disciples, right? And everyone's asking this question. This is, this is the central theme of Mark's book. Is Jesus Messiah? Who is Jesus? Right? You'll see everyone asking it, right? Everyone's asking it, from Romans to, uh, to uh, Jews to, to leaders to, to whatever, you know, like the general public. They're all asking, who is this guy? Even his disciples are like, I don't get this, right? It's just like, whoo, straight over my head. I don't understand this guy, right? But you get to the middle, and Jesus is with his disciples, and he goes, so guys, everyone's been asking, who, who are people saying I am, Right? So they reel off a list. Oh, some of them think you're John the Baptist, uh, who's recently died. Um, some think that you're uh, you know, Elijah, because we're, we're expecting Elijah before we're expecting Messiah. So some people think you're him. Um, some people think you're just some crazy Old Testament prophet. Some people just don't like you. You know, <laughs> it's like, cheers. You know? <laughs> and, he, and he's like, but he's like well, I'm interested. He's like, well, what about you guys? You know, what about you? Who, who do you think I am? And he says... Uh, Peter, marvellous, catches it. He goes, you're Messiah. I've seen it, you're Messiah. And Jesus is like, yeah, man. Yeah, I am. Well done. You know, God revealed that to you. That's, that's awesome. That's really good. And you think, oh, that's great. Okay, he's got it. But it, it's quickly revealed he doesn't quite understand it. He's got his own preconceptions. And people, people beat on Peter for this, but actually Peter's view is everyone's view at that time. He was just the only one expressing it. And, and Jesus, Jesus, straight after, he says, yeah, you got it right. He goes, and now I'm going to go into Jerusalem, and I'm going to get beaten to death, and then I'll raise again. Which also didn't make sense, because resurrection to Jews is a big thing that everyone does at the same time. So it's like, what, what are you on about? You know, but, but you know, I'm, going to go, I'm going to go into Jerusalem, I'm going to get beaten to death. And Peter's like, wait, no, 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 no. You just said I was right. You're Messiah. That's what you said. Right? That's what I said, and you said, I'm right. Yeah? I'm a, you're Messiah. That's not what you do. You, you go in, and you, you kill all the Romans, and then, then we're all going to be good. Right? You're going to liberate us. You're our liberator. You're going to put Israel back on top, and you're going to oppress our enemies. That's, that's, come on, Jesus. Get it together. You know? And Jesus just says, no. No, 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 no. Get in line. <laughs> right? Just, like, just get in line. Right? If, it, it, it meant something completely different to Jesus. It's very, it's very, and, and, and I think we get this way, right? We think we know what Jesus really wants in our lives. And Jesus is like, no, get in line, right? And, and, and you, you see this more, right? You see, you, see, you see it's not just Peter's thoughts. You get to Gethsemane eventually, right? And in Gethsemane, they're, they're, they're kind of ready, but they're not ready, because I think they're expecting Messiah to do all the work. I mean, one guy's just in his pajamas. And, like, you know, and, and, and they're, they're like, yeah, and what, a couple of guys have got swords. And, and, you know, these guys come for them, right, because Judas betrays them. And, and these guys come with swords and that. And they're like, yeah, come on, let's do it, yeah, right? And, and, and then Jesus says, wait, no, 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 go on, take me. And these guys are just like, What? What? They're like, wait, this guy ain't Messiah, let's run. You know, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not sticking around, right? Uh, they, they don't get it. And, and it's because Jesus is expecting something completely different, right? For, for Jesus to be Messiah, it's, it's not to do with, 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 
with human success and human conquest. Uh, Jesus didn't achieve anything in his life in terms of, you know, like physical victories and and, and stuff like that. You know, there's, it's, in fact, in, in, in um, Josephus's um, uh, histories about um, about about the Jews at that time, he mentions John the Baptist more than he mentions Jesus. You know, he, you know, he's just this guy. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's an interesting guy, but he's this guy, right? And uh, he didn't achieve much. I mean. He died on a cross. Right? Criminals aren't given much in history, right? That's all he was to a lot of people. Um, but for Jesus, it was so important because for Jesus, the victory wasn't to establish Israel. He wanted to help Israel, definitely, but that wasn't it. He, he wanted to help everyone. And the only way he was going to do that was by setting people free from this horrible cycle that we have, from blessing, rebellion, exile, return. It's like, this, this has got to stop, at least for some people. This has got to stop, right? And so, and so, so the whole point is, in, instead, Jesus, he, he comes down, he lives life as it should be, in complete obedience to God. He's rejected by his people, by his people. And he's nailed to a cross, which in the Old Testament, um, which is also the word tree, uh, is, is a curse, right? He takes on the curse of exile. Jesus is exiled instead. And, and on that cross, he takes the full wrath of God. He takes the complete exile from everyone and everything. And he does it so that when he rises from the dead, because God is faithful and won't let his obedient servant suffer, he could bring blessing to everyone and give the perfect exchange. Right? We could, and then we set in stone this date Right, where it's we're no longer going to live this cycle. Instead, we're going to be in two camps. I want to give blessing to everyone, just like they did before they crossed the Jordan into the Promised Land. It's like I'm giving you a choice today, but this time it's going to be a permanent one. Right? We've got you've got life, right? You've got life. Trust me. If you just trust me, right, I'll give you life, and I'll give you blessing. But if you reject me, what can I do? I'll give you what you want. You don't want me, so I'll give you that. But it ain't going to end well with you. Right? I'll honour I'll honor your choice, but it ain't, it ain't going to go well. You'll be exiled, and there'll be no return this time. And that's what Jesus has done. He's come to give blessing to anyone who wants it. Right? He's, he's, he's suffered exile in our place. He's suffered the worst of the worst. Right? And, and by doing this, the, 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 he, he becomes our liberator. And he doesn't liberate us from a, from a society, from a people group. He liberates us from sin and death completely in order to give us a kingdom, a kingdom where we can live in peace and security, right? And we can, we can, we, we can think that is coming. You know, God is bringing his kingdom, but it's the kingdom that, that, that he says straight away, it's, it's here already. So it's here, but it's not. So we're still waiting for it, but, but it's also here. And, and that's because Jesus sets up in our own lives himself, his spirit, and his kingdom that gives us peace and security amid the chaos of our own lives. And it's a great place to be. It's a very stable place to be. Now, it's interesting. After this, after his death, his resurrection, uh, Mark skips ahead. Uh, Jesus gets buried because usually criminals are just chucked in a pit. But, but someone, a man rescues Jesus and puts him in a tomb. 
And two of his closest friends, Mary and Salome, they see where he's buried. And it's a Sabbath, so they can't do anything. It's on the Sabbath, you're not allowed. And, uh, but straight after that day, they, they go out, they buy a load of spices, and they're going to embalm him. Right, because they're sad and they're upset. And, and to them, and you've got to understand this, right? Jesus has died. This, for everyone at this point in time, you, when it happened, it's like, oh, I, I, thought, I thought he was going to do it. And he didn't. It, it never happened. And so they chalk him up to a failure. Right? But they go, and, and because they love him, right? They go, and they go to embalm him. And they get to the tomb, and the stones rolled away, right? It's like, what, what, what the heck? What, what, what? You know, that's not meant to be. And so they, they go inside. So what's, what's going on? And all they see is this man sitting there, right? You know, and, 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 and looking around. And there's no Jesus. Jesus ain't, because Jesus weren't wrapped up laying anywhere. Like, where, where is he? And there's this, this guy, and he's, he's, you know, he's, he's like the sun, right? And that's, that's, quite, that's quite an interesting thing, right? Just think how bright the sun is. Like, what? Right? And then they're just like, what's going on? And this, this guy, this angel, he says to them, look, he's risen from the dead, just like he said to you, even though you didn't get it and he went over your heads. You know, he, he's done it. You know, he's, he's risen from the dead. He's alive. He's come to give you blessing. Go. Go tell everyone. Finally. It's like, now's the time. You know, you were told to be quiet before. Now's the time to go tell everyone. Go tell the disciples. Go tell them to meet him. And, and, and they do go. But it's, but it's not because they're excited to tell the good news. They are terrified. They're like, what the hell? Ah! Right? And they're just running. And, and then it says they just run in terror. And, 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 and they didn't tell anyone. And, and that's the end. That's the end of his book. It's, it's a very odd ending. And, and a lot of people later wrote in a, a, another ending because they, they, I don't know if they felt too comfortable with his ending but you know and, and they added bits in from uh, it's basically just like a conclusion that's made up of bits of Matthew and Luke and Acts and, and they threw that in there to bring some sort of resolution but that's Mark didn't write it it's not actually meant to be there um, Mark deliberately ended his gospel that way why because because the news about Jesus being being the liberator the messiah the king, the one who is, who is to bring all things good, to bring a kingdom of God down. It's just so shocking. It's, it's, crazy to, it's crazy to believe it. It is crazy to believe it. Guys, we're all crazy if we believe this. And that's a good thing, right? Because it's, it is true. But it's, 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 it's an oxymoron. A, a, a king, a saviour does not die on a cross, but he did. That was his victory. The cross was his victory for everyone, for the world. And Mark is, is deliberately setting this up to then turn to the reader. So you don't just put it down and say, yeah, well, that was a good read. That was brilliant. Love it. You know, great story. You know, it's like, they're like, what, what next? You know, what next? This gospel was written, so something happened next. Now what? You know, and the idea is he wants you to ask the same question. Who is Jesus? Not just who is Jesus. It's like, who is Jesus to you? And that's a really, really, really vital question. Because depending on your answer, it will determine how you live the rest of your life. It will determine the way you live. It will determine all your actions. Right? And some of you today might have different thoughts, no matter what your background is. You know, a lot of you I know, you've, I've grown up here with you, right? <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you'd be like, yeah, Jesus is my Messiah. Then, then the other question is, well, what does, what does it mean for Jesus to be me a Messiah? Because it meant something totally different to Peter and all of that than it did to Jesus. 
You know, some examples of that. What are you looking for for Jesus? Are you, are you, are you looking to... Is he the one who brings victory in your life? And what does that even mean? Is that success? And, you know, uh, getting what you want? Is that, you know, going to the next job or, or even getting a job or... You know, or, you know, is it, is it earning more money? Uh, is, it, is it being living a comfortable life? Um, what is it? is? Is it to be in perfect health? Uh, do, do we judge Jesus on his performance? Like, like, like I know, not knocking it, because we, we've all got our stuff, right? And I'm, I'm going through a lot as well. And, like, but, but, and, we, all, and we all ask Jesus for help, right? It's a point of prayer, right? But, but are we judging Jesus based on that? Are we... You know, if, if you know, uh, my loved one is sick, and, I, and that's, you know, of course you're going to pray, but, but is Jesus only going to be your victory if they heal that person? Is, is that as deep as we go? Because for Jesus, it's more than that, right? And I'm not saying he doesn't care, because he does care a lot. And there's a lot of people who were healed in the Bible, there are also just as many who weren't, right? cares and then the point of his miracles are it's, it's, the po- it's, it's, it's a point to something that's going to happen later where everything is restored right but are, are we just judging him on that you know you know, if, you know I've, some people can get into a right right state right and, and, and it's horrible you know in terms of like you know I've, I've lost my job I've got all this and blah 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 and there are two different types of people who handle that differently depending on how they look at Jesus, right? Some people will be like, well, why this? Why that? I'll give up on God because he, he ain't no good. He ain't helping me out. And some people will be like, you know what? God is still my security and my safety in this. Even though I have nothing, like Job, even though I have nothing, I'll praise God. I'm not, I'm not moving. You know, he's restored something in me. You know, I've got a peace that's beyond this. And for some of you today, you, you might not even... <laughs> Might be first time in church. You, you don't, you don't know Jesus at all. You might just be like, oh, he's that guy in history that the Pope talks about or something. I don't know. You know, um, you know. Um, I mean, he's a real guy, but like, or was a real guy or whatever. But like, maybe he's. I, I don't know. Maybe he's just crazy or I don't know, some sort of good teacher. I, I don't really know. But, but he made some incredible claims, and um, and again, depending on your answer. It's, it's going to change your life, how you decide to view this Jesus. And, and it's crazy. It's a crazy choice to believe in this guy. And it's not crazy because the history and the, and the documents aren't there. I mean, like, there's lots of research and everything done in the Bible. This, this account is written exactly as it was. It's just whether you believe it or not. Um, you know, there, there, there's nothing that, that, that works against it, but, um, despite what critics say. But, you know, how are you going to believe? Because everyone had that choice. So that's, that's what I want to ask you today. And that's what I want to ask you just to just think about. Uh, I think we'll have a time of prayer. We'll just, we'll close. But I, I want you to think, really, who is Jesus? Because, because who he says he is is probably different to the way most of us think he is. And he wants us to live, well, I say, a certain kind of life. But basically, a certain kind of life that isn't in rebellion, but that is in absolute trust. And that's it. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to trust and God brings you that. He brings you that peace. He brings you that liberation. Liberation from your mistakes. Liberation from your failures. Liberation from, 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 from <laughs> hatred and depression and, and lots of other things, right? Maybe not totally, but, but definitely very, very real, very close. And, and he, he establishes his kingdom and peace in you until the very end.
Let's close. Lord Jesus, I just want to, uh, I just want to thank you for your grace and your help. Um, I want to acknowledge that, uh, <laughs> um, and, and acknowledge to everyone listening, I, it's not me to make a decision for anyone. It's not me to even try to convince anyone of anything. In, in fact, it's, it's you, Lord Jesus, and it's your, by your power that you convict and convince people to love you and obey you. Um, I thank you for your peace on our lives, that you do establish peace. And I know sometimes we see more the problems that go on. Um, there are times if we can just think about it where you have really come in and rescued us from lots of different situations. I want to thank you for your consistency in our lives. Um, I want to invite people, not to the front, but I, I want to invite you to, to talk to God. Um, to repent if needed, repent meaning to change your mind about something. It doesn't, it doesn't mean you cry in tears and say you're really, really, really sorry. It's, <laughs> um, but I want to invite you, if, if, if you have thought of Jesus wrong, or maybe like, you know, try to lead him along this direction, and he's like, yeah, he's like, no. <laughs> you know, I, I want to give you the chance to kind of turn from that and just, just talk to God. Um, I won't ask even for a raise of hands, but... And, and for those of you who, who want to, who, who don't know Jesus at all and are thinking, wow, this guy is, this guy's crazy, this guy's incredible, um, you know. And, and again, it's not my convincing words. It's, it's, if, if, if God is on your heart and pushing that, then, then I, I beg you to respond in some way and, uh, and tell someone about it, you know, afterwards. But yeah, I'm, I'm just going to give... Uh, a bit of silence. Actually, can, can we have some music? Is that possible? Just some slow music. Thank you. <laughs>